Welcome back to School of Calisthenics podcast with Tim and Jacko. And today we are super excited to welcome Olivia Vivian onto the show. Now, not only has Olivia been an elite gymnast, she competed at the Beijing Olympics in 2008. She's got medals from world championships, but she was also the first female to make it to the grand final of Ninja Warrior in Australia. And that is absolutely somebody who we had to sit down with and find out a little bit more about the person behind some incredible achievements. She's certainly done some amazing things and redefined her impossible. Um, but going from gymnastics wasn't actually as easy as you might think into something like Ninja Warrior. She has found that actually she lost a lot of love for training, stopped training altogether once she finished doing gymnastics, even broke her back during that process. So she hasn't had it easy. But what the inspiring story um, and what she has got to, to give in this podcast is around not being afraid to fail and actually how the the process of having to play and challenge herself through play in her training to get better at Ninja Warrior has, to use her words, changed her life. So uh, this is, it's it's motivating, it's inspiring, and you'll probably also want to go and figure out how to do a backflip off the top of a wall um, after you've listened to this podcast. Well, that, that bit's optional, but you'll, 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 see what, you'll see what we mean when we get into the podcast. So guys, sit back and enjoy Olivia Vivian on the School of Calisthenics podcast. So Olivia, welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast. It is great to spend some time chatting with you. And both Jack and I are super excited about you imparting some knowledge. You've got such a varied um, background of training and experience that is going to resonate massively with our listeners. So we're just really excited to dig into some of that. So welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks so much, guys. I'm actually super stoked to to be a part of this and, and you know, explore into a little bit of journeys to hopefully help help the listeners that'd be sweet yeah it's um if anyone hasn't guessed yet uh, olivia is from um, australia i love that you are stoked <laughs> sorry so i should have said that no, it's perfect it's brilliant <laughs> where are you based olivia i'm from uh perth australia all right where the where the great whites are yeah, I used to be a diving instructor. I lived in Sydney and Cairns for a bit. And I'd never been to Perth, but I wanted to go and dive on Ningaloo Reef. So it's on my uh, it's on my bucket list, places to go back to. Oh, me too. Actually, I turned 30 this year and I'm looking into diving with the whale sharks for my 30th. So I know yeah, exactly we, what um, you're talking about. Nothing to be calisthenics or, or ninja warrior, but we um, we went to Mozambique. My wife's South African, um, and we did the manta ray diving with the whale sharks. There is incredible, unbelievable. One of the best things I've ever done. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, so line that one up. I'm more excited. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we're gonna dive. Good segue straight into. <laughs> Um, and then well, we'll unpack it from there, well straight into the fact that you were the first female to make the grand final on the Australian Ninja Warrior. Um, and there's a little bit of a story to be told of what happened um, in that. And then we'll sort of unpack it uh, back from from that point. So what was it, what was that what was that experience like going on being? Um, we'll talk a little bit more about like how we got there. But what was the what was the the experience and how did that feel about being the the first female to make that to make that grand final oh it's i remember that was season two and it was probably i think it was the scariest season for me personally i'd already done season one and i was absolutely rubbish 
and I came back to season two and I actually trained for it. I'd, I'd trained so hard um, to sort of, you know, overcome these obstacles, in particular the Wart Wall. And I think I was more nervous for that competition of Ninja Warrior than I'd ever been before. And that was, you know, you know I'd been in high pressure, pressure situations in the past, but it, it's that sense of you're leading up to a course that you've never tried before in your life. And, um, you know, when no females made the grand final yet, it doesn't seem like the odds are with you in that sense. So it was uh, completely nerve wracking and I had to just get back in my zone, you know, get back into that fun and silly and just in that flow state, as we call it, and uh, far out uh, becoming, you know, hitting that buzzer and becoming the first female to make the grand final was unreal that was such a sweet <laughs> feeling we um we talk about um in kind of sense redefining your impossible because sometimes when you're trying to learn any complex movements for the first time it does feel impossible and and you've obviously certainly done that you've mentioned the wall, wall there just talk us through the people that haven't necessarily seen it the um the the technique that you uh, display uh, to get mm. over that um is it? Yep. I'm interested to know whether is that because do you find that easier or is it a little bit of showboating because it looks cool? <laughs> no, it's. I don't want to brag or anything, but it's cake. It's a piece of cake for me personally. <laughs> right. But it, just it, describe it, it to it the listeners. Comes, just it comes with the story. So the first year I was on Ninja Warrior, I'd never seen a warp wall before in my life. I probably should have Googled Ninja Warrior. Before or doing the show and actually looking at some <laughs> yes. of these obstacles. And I came across this warp wall. Somehow I made it through the first five and I ran into it. I mean, like straight, <laughs> straight into it, pancaked face against the wall and slipped down it three times, um, you know, and ultimately got kicked out of the competition and that was sent home from season one. But it just, it lit a fire up in me. I hadn't been really passionate about exercise in, in a while and it was failing that obstacle that made me want to overcome it and train it and actually accomplish it. So it took me about six months of building some leg strength and learning technique and um, grabbing that wall in, in training. So like uh, we have a Ninja Academy here in Perth, which I, I probably should have looked up before the show it would have been handy um but uh one you know that there was that one training session where i grabbed the top of the wall and i didn't come back down and oh it was so exciting just such an unreal feeling and i know i know you guys and the listeners can relate when you've been working a skill and and a move and you're failing it you're failing it and you leave feeling defeated but you just keep coming back you keep coming back and and um, persisting it. So it was once I got that consistently, I, I wanted to take it back into the show, but not just take it back in its usual style. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to really sort of hammer in that wall and, and own it. I really wanted to own that yeah. obstacle. So yeah, I, once I grabbed the, the top of the wall, I knew I was safe. I, I know my abilities and I, I go and I turn under myself uh, so I'm now in reverse grip, both hands on the wall, but I'm facing out towards the crowd. And all I can hear is the announcers, like one of them had no idea what I was doing. And she was screaming, no, Olivia, no, she didn't. <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah, because traditionally, do, and so, 
Traditionally, <laughs> someone would grab hold of it front on and yes. almost do like a muscle up type position, yeah. whereas you'd completely turned yourself around facing the other way, and then yep. And I I use the the curve of the wall wall, so I push up with my legs, and it's sort of like doing a um you know a back hip circle, sort of like a a, a like pull a bar over, pull a over. Back pull over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the scariest part about it is you know there is a wall blocking your head movement, so you can't flow through it as easy. So I had to press my head against the wall to uh, continue my legs up and they called it a backflip up the wall. And uh, nice. yeah, it was, it was totally gnarly and it made every single TV ad. So I was stoked. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone else tried to adapt, adopt that uh, technique since? Um, not that I've seen. I've, I haven't seen any females do it. Um, I've seen like some girls tag me on Instagram when they're, they're doing it and they accomplish it in training or they're even just like grabbing the top of the wall and they just turn around. Um, I saw the move from Jake Murray. He's an American ninja, uh, absolute legend. So, you know, it's, it's not too common because it does come with an element of fear um, and, and danger, but that's the way I like it. <laughs> I think that takes, um, it's sort of, we can, you said it, that there's there's a deeper sort of story to that because it's almost that bar pullover is a little bit more um, of a gymnastic style movement when you to get above uh, above the bars and I think I read somewhere that that was your the uneven bars was your favourite apparatus when you're doing gymnastics. So you've you've uh, you've not just done a bit of gymnastics. You've been to the Olympics. You've been at World Championships. You've um, that is obviously <laughs> so. If we go back yeah, just, then to where sort of your training started, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about tell us a little bit about about that process of what you've how you've been through gymnastics and then I think my my question I'd like to delve into most is the difference between we can we can see that like training for gymnastics will obviously give you a skill set and some physical abilities to be able to deal with some of what Ninja Warrior requires you to do and it's interesting you say that you. Um, you perhaps you hadn't looked into it as you had not researched it as much as you thought you may have done. Maybe mindset wise, you thought it was going to be easy because that, I don't know. You can you can tell us, but then the the big difference between the strictness of gymnastics that and what's required there to the freedom that the the and the problem solving and the dynamic nature of the Ninja Warrior course being a two completely different sort of environments and parameters and although one can help the other i can imagine there was a big shift in not just physically what you need to do but also mentally how you approach that so i just sort of leap open that up from there we'd like to interrupt this broadcast today to bring you a customer service announcement and we want to tell you how excited we are about the virtual classroom where our online community of amazing people are working together to redefine their impossible and achieve things in calisthenics that they never thought they would be able to jacko yeah if you've not thought about it yet you should really consider uh, becoming a member of the virtual classroom you become part of that supportive community and you then get access to absolutely every single training program we've got every workout we do every challenge every webinar and there is specific courses in there for everything from beginners to, to handstands and human flags and everything in between you get access to all of it you get to learn at your own pace online with us within the supportive community of people encouraging each other to redefine their impossible guys it's really something special we would love it if you come and check it out and until you do check it out and we see you in there let's get back to our regularly scheduled program 
Sure. I, I, I find um, a few aspects quite different, but, um, you know, gymnastics-wise was something that I started when I was eight years old and mum couldn't tear me out of the gym. But for me, it was looking at those uneven bars and I was in love. Just for me, swinging and flying and catching the bar, like I just, I am a monkey. Um, so she couldn't really tear me out of the sport and obviously the Olympics um, once became my goal. Um, and from then forth, it became sort of realistic at the age of 16 when I made my first world championship team. And I think up until then, I'd really trained the sport and it's quite an intense um, routine and, you know, lots of discipline and, you know, 30 hours plus a week and plus strength and rehab and all that stuff that comes along with it. But I was doing it out of love for the most part. And then when the routine just got a bit too repetitive and um, the pressure was on and it just didn't seem like training was, you know, just changing at all. And it, it became a bit of a, a negative environment for me personally to the point where I was just, for the last few years, I was just training for the goal. You know, I wasn't training because I loved it. And I think with gymnastics, it taught me great foundations and body awareness and, um, you know, that base level of strength and flexibility, which helps in when you transfer it through to anything. Um, but, yeah, I, the Olympics was incredible. It certainly made all the hard years and the hard work worth it. Um, I fell back in love with the sport when I signed a full-ride scholarship to Oregon State University in America. They just, the mentality um, there is so different in the sense that they don't train just to make a certain competition, they train to win it. And they have this view that, you know, training is the hard work and the competition was the celebration of the hard work. And it, it just taught me a lot about myself and my body and how to train smart, you know, we're not allowed to train over 20 hours a week in college. So that was a big dip. But yeah, it was one of those things that after I was said and done and um, came back to Australia, did another World Champs and Com Games, but then it just fizzled my love um, <clears throat> being back in that environment. So for years, I didn't actually do anything. I I owned a cafe and worked in that and the Ninja Warrior came up the, se the first season. I had no idea what it was, but I said, okay, let's give it a crack. And I found that ability-wise, you know, I had that good body awareness um, come the course, but it was completely different in the sense that, <coughs> you know, gymnastics, you train your routine a thousand times and the pressure element <coughs> Sorry, guys, the pressure is um, competing when the green light's on. But Ninja, you get there and the, the, the biggest pressure part is you're competing obstacles you've never tried. You haven't practised these a thousand times. Um, many of, most of it's new and it's unrevealed to you and, um, yeah, the pressure is touching something that you're just unsure about. So... I found that the body awareness and the swinging ability came into um, <clears throat> great use for Ninja, but I had to learn just how to flow and just let go and not be so tense and uptight and, um, and use my legs, which I wasn't very good at. Uh, running is not a strong suit for me, so the balance agility obstacle was uh, quite scary. 
<coughs> and everyone's like, oh, but you did gymnastics. You should be good at balance. And I'm like, the beam never bloody moved, all right? <laughs> that thing stayed there. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's lots of difference. I find um, with Ninja, it has this strong community behind it as well where, you know, even though essentially we are competing against each other, I find that we have this um, common mindset that we're not, we're, um, we're competing against the course. Um, and it's boys and girls, we're all in the same pool, we're all doing the same obstacles. Um, so I find that there's a really big support in the community. Um, you'll always find the ninjas sort of cheering each other on. Uh, that's very different to gymnastics where it's a bit of a selfish sport <laughs> in most sense. Um, that's amazing to, to hear because I think a lot of people would take that transition for granted. Like a lot of people talk and, and see gymnastics and go, well, f from a kid's perspective, it's great from developing physical literacy and it's, it's really good at teaching all round movement skills. And you do get to understand mm. the foundations of tumbling and, and hanging and swinging and jumping and, and all these sort of foundation skills that do have a lot of crossover. But that's almost to a point which is different from, from your experiences where you go to an elite standard. It becomes so specific and so based around structured routines. Yeah. That if, you, if you were a 14-year-old that finished gymnastics after starting at eight and then went into play hockey, netball, whatever, the different sort of skills that you would have had at that point might have been more applicable in some ways into ninja because you would have had that experience of multi-directional sports of, of being totally. more agile more balanced potentially which then when you're jumping on some of the, the obstacles on ninja would have actually been great so i think it's i just wanted to sort of clarify that point that so many people go oh, gymnastics if you're a gymnast you can do anything it's not actually the case you mm -hmm. just the higher you go up the more specialists you get at gymnastics um yeah but having that totally foundation right. literacy you, you just get caught in that sort of one way of doing things um, that very strict movement. Yeah. I still find myself bloody pointing my toes. <laughs> well, we <laughs> find that when we do it with handstand, when we do any sort of handstand work um, with people from a gymnastics background, like Jack and I both played rugby, like we're not gymnasts, so we don't have the um, that that's component of how we move. But there's a lot of people, like we, we went and did a, we tried to break the world record for the most number of people doing a handstand last year. And we went to a gymnastics club to do some content to create a little bit of a, a video piece about it. And we both did handstands and straight away the gymnastics coach was like, point your toes. And we're like, oh, we don't do pointed toes. That's not us. <laughs> But it's so interesting how um, gymnastics has got a very specific way of doing things. And that's obviously against scoring yeah. criteria. Um, how do you yeah. sort of reflect on those two things now? I mean, you, you took your gymnastics at such a high level. Um, are you now sort of training more in, in, in Ninja Warrior specifically? Or what, what does your training look like um, these days? Uh, training, I guess, you know, coming up to 30 years old, um, primarily I focus on keeping my body in good shape. Um, I find, you know, like we rely on our bodies and it's important to listen to it and to treat it with respect. So, you know, first and foremost, I, um, I do this functional 45 minute training. So that's, you know, my, we call it F45 here. It's a bit of yeah, we have the same, 45 yeah. minute session. It's like cardio or resistance training and stuff like that. But that's primarily just to burn off the brownies that I eat. And then I will do a Legree reformer class. Um, and that's, again, like sort of focused on my alignment um, and core strength and that tone strength. Um, when the group's like getting together, we'll go rock climbing because that's very sort of, I find, helpful for Ninja. Um, mm, yeah. And then 
you know what, like, it's weird to say, but then I just play, um, you know, I play on the bars, I swing on the bars, uh, we're hopping over things, jumping on stuff, like it's, it is about finding that flow in movement um, and having fun while doing so, and it just doesn't feel like a workout, doesn't feel like training. Um, so I make sure I've got all the base and the core foundations, and then, yeah, I just, I love to play and enjoy it, because if you're not enjoying it, what's the point? Yeah. I think one thing that's really stood out for me when you were describing the difference between gymnastics and then the Ninja Warrior side of things is what you what you touched on there, that uh, in your training now, it's a case of, by the sounds of it, when you're playing and you're swinging around the bars and you're doing various different things, you're not repetitively doing the same thing. You're yeah. trying to prepare yourself to be able to uh, think, think and move outside the box and do various different things. And I didn't, until you said it, and then it's, it became sort of quite obvious, but... The, uh, the fact that when you go to com- your competition in um, gymnastics, you will do something you might have practiced thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Whereas when you go to yeah. Ninja Warrior, you rock up there and you're like, I haven't seen the course yet. <laughs> and then you get one shot yeah. you get one shot at it. Do they, do they give you any practice runs when you turn up for competition on, on, on Ninja Warrior, like on, on event day? No. Oh my God, I wish. Like we get our phones (laughs) taken off us even. So we can't even record like when they, because they take us through and they show it, show us the obstacles and they tell us the rules and we're not even allowed our phones in that, in that segment anymore. So it's, yeah, they, it's, it comes down to really paying attention when they're, they're showing you the obstacles and they run one person through to tell you the rules. And you have to just, it's almost like a memory. You have to focus so hard on watching that person do it and then go back into the waiting room and it's almost like we need to practice our visualisation because we haven't touched those obstacles or we have no idea what that material feels like. And so, you know, if you are are serious about the show and and, any sort of ninja comps that are popping up now and um, the finer details, I guess, to um, getting along even better is, you know, you see the steps, the first obstacle on Ninja Warrior, and you might do that in your local gym, but it's it's not about just doing those ob- that steps. You can't be in that mentality of, oh, yeah, I can do the steps. It's No, like how many ways, how many different ways can you do the steps because you just don't know the size, the diameter, the feel. Um, so it is practicing yeah. different movements in as many ways as you can. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, because we talk a lot around when we when we break our um, calisthenics coaching process down. Like we, because we're not from a gymnastics background, we we started calisthenics when we were sort of mid thirties, so we had to learn a lot of stuff that we'd never done before. Like a handstand just wasn't. I I originally started to learn to handstand having never done one before, (laughs) um, having two shoulder surgeries, and it was at thirty years old, like or thirty four, I think I was when I started. It's it was a bit of a difficult journey. So because of our strength and conditioning background, we started breaking it down and understanding. What, what does it take to learn to teach somebody to move in a new way if they haven't mm. got any context and there's some really yep. interesting science around um like jack had just mentioned a variability of practice so if you only ever train perfect technique you get very good at that perfect technique but as soon as something yep. else comes in which is disrupts that then yep. you, you you're, at a, you're at a loss so the more yep. ways that you can learn to hand balance so the more things you can jump on and balance and change the more you expand your um 
your movement literacy, if you want to call it that. And therefore, that's that's the name of the game for you, right? The more things you can hang on, the different objects. It must literally your training must be looking at something in a gym and, like you say, going, "How do I do that differently?" And you can't avoid play in that environment because it yeah. has to become that point of like, "I'm doing that because it's fun." And I'm just going to be creative. And that process, I think, is so important in the brain learning new movements. And it has to be of interest. It has to be challenging. Um, and then I guess you scale it and you make it as difficult as you can. Totally. I completely agree. And I mean, I think that's a big part of why I fell in love with Ninja Warrior. Um, not because of the show, essentially. It was because of the training and how the training is playing. Um, for the most part, you know, you do need your foundations to get certain movements and certain styles. But um, yeah, for the most part, it's, you know, getting to, together as a group and we just, we just challenge each other. Um, you know, yeah. if we, if we complete an obstacle and then we do it a few different ways, you know, we come up with silly challenges to come along like that. We mm. had the cannonballs once and we decided to do it blindfolded just for shits and giggles. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just one of that, uh, that, yeah, just that part of movement and if I'm, you're continuously learning, you know, you're never perfect and, um, we keep growing, we make mistakes and we just work harder and get better. And man, I've, I'm so deep in love with it. I love it. There's some stuff which really like is, is you couldn't be more on point with the sort of messages that we're trying to communicate about. You've got a community of people that you're on this journey with that are influencing you and supporting you and, and cheering for you and that you're sharing ideas with, which is amazing. It's all about play. It's all about exploration and training then becomes fun. It's not a hardship to go training anymore because you've got those things in place of people, of, of, the, of the people and the challenge and the, the physical side of it. Um, yeah, it's very, very cool to hear you talk about it. I've just got one question and Jacko's got a quick one we, we're actually sort of playing around and doing some more stuff we're doing an obstacle course race with our community and bringing people together we're going to do a tough mudder it's actually we'll, it will have done it by the time this goes out um there is a small warped wall on there so if somebody's going to go and do something like a tough mudder what is the technique for for running up a, a, a um a, I would, I was from you've a snowboarding you've got to try and do the backwards the backflip yeah surely. so what's the technique to get up a warped wall <laughs> sure I'll, i that's perfect and you know, keep in mind, everyone is different. Certain, you know, tips and tricks are going to click for some people and they're just not going to work for others. So I'll give you, you know, what helped me the most and what resonated with me because I was running into it um, <laughs> like, like a puppy trying like to get it was on a vault. the couch. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like I, I know no other way, but uh, I guess, you know, say in a tough mother or, or that sort of obstacle course, you could be muddy as well. So you're going to need as much mm. technique as you can. Um, the best way for me was to look at the bottom of the wall as I'm running up to it and try and place my foot as close to the bottom as I could. And as soon as I hit the bottom of the wall, I want to look up to where I'm running. So instantly, because my eyes and my head have now tilted up to the top of the wall, my chest follows and I'm no longer running into the wall. I'm starting to run up it. So yeah, it is sort of look at where, where you want to put your last um, foot, run nice and hard, fast, and then tilt everything up as you're starting to run up the wall. And you've really got to use the power in your legs and, you know, if, if someone's not strong enough or powerful enough, like, like I was, like I had little chicken legs, um, I just sort of recommend, you know, when you're out in the street, you see stairs, 
um, man, just start powering up those stairs. Try and skip a step, uh, whatever you need to do to build that power in your legs. Um, and then when you, you've reached the top, don't let go, right? Commit to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think um, there's, there's a nice, it's a nice comp, uh, complimentary part there around some really specific uh, advice for a specific piece of apparatus where at times there's going to be certain things that people, if they're doing a Ninja Warrior or they're doing a Tough Mudder that they've set themselves, they go and they know that there's something on that that, they, um, that they're going to have to work hard specifically for and that gives you a bit of um, direction for an aspect of your training. But at the same time, the fact that you that can hear it in your voice when you talk about the play aspect to your training of how much you love that and there's um, you get a sense of some of that is related to how restricted potentially you felt when you were doing gymnastics training and it just took all of the fun out of it for you. Mm -hmm. And I think my yeah. uh, challenge to people at home listening is, or the, or the question I'd like to almost ask the learners to ask themselves, the listeners to ask themselves is, do I need to um, sign up to a Ninja Warrior or uh, an obstacle course race to allow myself the freedom to play in my training or can I actually just give myself that freedom and take advantage of that element of, of training to, to challenge and challenge through play to, yeah. to make myself better, enjoy my training more. Not, I think that's the, that's the first step. I think for when you, when you've signed up to Ninja Warrior, you, you've gone, well, I need to do this as part of my training. And now you're feeling the benefits when, when you know not everybody has to do that but still we can all take advantage of and, and enjoy that element of training yeah i mean if if i was going to sort of speak to to listeners that are, haven't yet tried um anything sort of new or along these lines or you know just doubt themselves or don't feel fit enough um you know everyone's yeah. got their own battles but for me you know i I looked into the ninja training because I'd already been on the show and I'd failed a wall and that was my motivation. I wanted to get the wall. Um, but I, you know, I didn't ask a friend to come along to the gym with me. I, I just went and going, just going and being open to trying new stuff and stumbling along all these different obstacles or stuff to play on. I then made friends. I then joined the community and felt so much more involved. Um, you know, the enjoyment level just skyrocketed um, as to when you're just doing it by yourself. And so it's it's one of those things that, you know, it might be daunting to to try something new for the first time. It's going to be even scarier to do it by yourself. Um, but, you know, just open that door. Get out there. If you if you never do, you you won't know the benefits from it or you know, what can come with it and the experiences and the friendships that grow and, and stuff like that. So I, I know that it, it can be daunting and, and scary and new, but, um, you know, we're, I was far, far from perfect when I first started and it just, it changed my life. Um, just this aspect of, of having fun through my, through playing and through training and, um, the benefits that came through it. I'm just so grateful that I, I did say yes to the opportunity. Yeah, I think and the, the, I want the, there might be some people listening that go, well, that's okay for Olivia because, you know, she's <laughs> been an Olympic gymnast. And um, I want to just reiterate the point, as you said, when you the first time you went on, 
by your own admission, you weren't very good when you first when oh, you first went on and actually, terrible. but just ignited something in you. But as well, on top of that, to just um, you've had an, a number of bad injuries over your sort of um, career. Um, yeah. Just give us a bit of an insight into what that, what some of those were, how difficult they were, and what sort of state it leaves you in after some of the bad injuries that you've had. Just, just so that somebody listening doesn't doesn't tell themselves the lie that like, okay, yeah, that's fine for her, but I actually couldn't do it because I once broke my wrist and therefore I could never do a handstand. Um, no, exactly right. I mean, <laughs> you name it, I've I've broken it. So. <laughs> I had multiple um, ankle and like ankle roll strain sprains. I've had, you know, shin splints. I've had fractured navicular bones, um, you know, broken my ankles. I've broken my knee. I've done my shoulders. I've done my elbow. Um, the worst I probably did was I broke my back in two places. Um, yeah, that's pretty and bad. It's, it was like going through recovery because I'm a very impatient person. Um, that's the hardest thing. How long, and, yeah, how long was it? Uh, my for, back. To, for your back um, My back was, you know, to back to full was probably a good six months. I spent two months lying down on the couch. I mean, like, I wasn't allowed to sit down. I wasn't allowed to walk to go to the toilet. Like, that was, it's, it was pretty brutal and... You know, I think with injuries, um, the most damaging part of it is what it does to your mental state and even just yeah. your mental perception moving forward and just how cautious you are uh, when mm. you do get up again and you go again. And that's the scariest part to get over. And I think the best piece of advice, when I broke my left knee, um, I broke it the wrong way. So just imagine your knee snapping the wrong way. Um bending the wrong way so that was like a barbie doll it was yeah it was traumatizing um and then that was you know midway through my gymnastics career so I still had to get up and go again and yeah the best tip I got was from my physio she said look I want you to make your left knee stronger than your right knee and that was my goal uh was to make it stronger and uh bring it back to a better state than it was in before and yeah, it's overcoming that that mental barrier and that fear as well. So yeah, I've I'm de- <laughs> definitely haven't been a, a walking picture of health. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think the um, the mental side of things is um, is always a huge barrier to get over with injuries. We've both from uh, from playing rugby had a, a numerous uh, injuries of similar sort of thing. Never broken back though. But um, the I think that there's there's something in the um, mental sort of robustness that we create by the type of training that you're now doing. Do you feel that um, the play element obviously brings a lot of um, excitement and fun and happiness in that in that regard? But um, does it also, do you feel like mentally, does it prepare you more for challenges sort of in and outside of 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 the gym and the sort of ninja warrior environment, do you feel that it's had a positive impact on your mindset of how you approach things in your sort of day-to-day life and struggles as well? Uh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I, th- I think my favorite thing about Ninja Warrior, to be honest, was this idea of o- overcoming obstacles. Um, 
and I don't just see it as a, the course that you're going to tackle. It's the obstacles that you face in your everyday life and everyone's got their own um, that they're going through. And, you know, it's, it is one of those things that I guess overcoming these physical obstacles, it did. It gave me a lot of strength to just within myself um, to know that, you know, we're, we're going through these things and these hurdles all the time. It's not just uh, when the TV cameras are on or you're at a local comp and stuff like that. So it is, yeah, it, I think um, just joining this community and this style of training and competition and, and play, it just, it just gave me a lot of general mental strength uh, for the day-to-day. Um, and, yes, yeah, mm. so I'm really thankful for that. I think there's something interesting about injuries that it teaches you to trust in the process. If you get it right, if you get the rehabilitation right, because I, I, I dislocated my hip when I was about 11, 12 years old playing rugby. And I remember the first time I turned up at training again and I loved rugby. It was my, it was everything to me at that, at that age. And there was no, there was no doubt that I was going to go back, but you are at that point when you, when you first start running out or you first take a hit, hit, hit again, or if in your instance, when you actually start to do something which is going to really stress you back or ankle or knee, there's that point of going, am I, am I all right? Am I going to be okay? But then you understand mm. that after a while you are okay. And then you, I think in some ways it takes a limiter off. Once you've done it once or, or twice and you've done a good job and you've got back to a level that you're happy with, yeah. if you get hit with a, with a negative or a hardship again in the future, you, I think it just really highlights that you have to just go through the process. And we learn something each time. It, it's never enjoyable. It's always frustrating if you're someone yeah. who wants to move. Um, but you do, you do start to get some context around that. And, and I want just that leads into, I'm, I'm interested how your mindset, obviously to go and do what you've done from a, an elite sports perspective in gymnastics at competing in world championships in the Olympics, out there on the floor by yourself, you have to have a certain mindset and resilience to, to a performance. Um, what was it like for you when you had the incident on the grand final on the, the, what's the name of the, the, the roll, the dazzling the rambling, dice, rambling. the rambling dice, um, <laughs> the rolling, dice. <laughs> the rolling yeah. dice. Because um, because that was obviously something which was outside of your control um, to a certain degree, and you were absolutely flying at that point. Has has did that? How did you deal with that? Yeah. Um, experience. Look, I, I, tell the people what happened I, first I, because yeah. they weren't able to see it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be completely honest. This was second season back, and um, being the only, the first and only female to qualify for the grand final. I was already over the moon. I mean, I was over the moon when I got up and flipped backwards up the warp wall in the first episode of the qualifications. So it was, I guess, you know, mentally I was really happy. I was satisfied. I felt like I'd accomplished what I'd set out to do already. Um, And, yeah, the grand final was, was such a sweet course and I was just in my element, in my zone. Um, got up the warp wall again and came down and yeah, it was one of those obstacles you swung up to and I just, I, you know, I didn't pay it the respect of what if this happened or what if this happened. Um, and so it's, it's this massive, it's a heavy sort of four bar dice that you're swinging around and you're just pulling one end and pushing one end of your, pushing the other of your hand. So it's flipping over. And it was, um, it's on a rig and the, <laughs> the dies actually twisted off the rigs. So it came diagonal and I didn't know it was connected by, it, it's only connected by a couple of strings 
of like you know steel strings that then you can unlock on the other end so that wasn't even stable enough and the, there's a bar in the middle and you have to get to the bar and then you know swing to the next house and do it all again to the platform and the second that thing came off its off its hinge and off the rig and it's dangling in the air i like just my body wise i did not feel safe and this dice is so yeah. heavy i mm. thought it was just going to fall down on me and you know for me in what went through my mind in that moment was i just need to get off this thing like i just i need to throw it um so i still went for the bar because i mean you might as well if you're going to get off it i feel like a <laughs> bit of a pull if I just dropped down in the water um so I tried I tried for the lache but um even lacheing off a moving object is is rather difficult yeah. and so I totally face planted the water which you know it made a great video it made great tv um <laughs> it didn't look like you were that far I off from the catch what, though no I think it's the angle they did it but I might have I might have been close but I didn't have my go-go gadget um that day <laughs> um but yeah it was, it was one of those moments i was truly satisfied with how far i'd gotten um i it was also like really hot and hitting that water was quite refreshing and um yeah i just sort of got out and i was really proud of how far i'd come but then later in the days to come you just play that moment over and over again and again it just you know it just continued that fire for me you know it was i just i just want more i always want more and i think the thing with ninjas um or obstacle course races and just that type of athlete we're not satisfied unless we either hit the buzzer or we gas out and we just mm. cannot go any further that's i think that's just a quality we we all have within us and so yeah I, I didn't gas out. I was, I was definitely feeling fresh and strong. Um, so yeah, it, it'll eat away at me, but you know, you can only let it affect you so much cause, um, you can let it motivate you, but the second you try and dwell and you're just lingering on the past and it's not really helping, um, progress moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a really important takeaway point for people that if they are struggling with something, whether that's that is an injury or whether it's something which they can't do, like we we find a lot of people get in touch with us and they're struggling with the handstands or to learn a specific skill. It doesn't have to be a catastrophic sort of like back break or or something on on television where all of a sudden you fail. The process in terms of how you deal with that is it's just resilience, isn't it? That's what's coming through from me that all the way through your career, you've from your gymnastics through to your experience on Ninja Warrior. Yeah, there's some other stuff which is supporting it, but you've been You've been really persistent and really resilient in terms of how you frame potential setbacks. And all of that, as well as what you've said, is it's all driven by your passion. You mentioned it when you were talking about your gymnastics experience, that it reignites your fire for gymnastics mm -hmm. and that gives you the fuel to go onwards. I think that's there's some really interesting points that I hope people can take out of that, that if, if something does go wrong or it's not going your way, it's just a matter of, it's a cliche, but you've got to get back on the horse and, and you've got to keep going forward because that in the future it's an investment in your own mindset longer term and some of the stuff that's happened to you in the past i imagine from your gymnastics set you up to deal with trouble or, or encounters that you have which which don't go as you call into plan where you're at now and i think we have to be conscious about investing mm -hmm. in those so that we, we're accumulating some of this this mental robustness in our in our bank if you like so that we can draw on it 
when life gets a bit tricky or training doesn't go the way we plan or whatever. And, and that spans everything, right? It's not just about a Ninja Warrior course. That's about work. It's about family life. It's about relationships. So I think yeah. that's, um, for me, something that really, like, I think is, is resonating. Are you, are you going back for a season three? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it airs, um, airs in July. Um, we, uh, we already uh, filmed okay, it. Correct. I can't give you any ah, spoilers. Right. I'm sorry, but, um, no, yeah, no, we'll I'm keep really excited it. We'll keep, well, we'll awesome. keep an eye out for you and I'm sure we are certainly, and all the listeners will be rooting, uh, rooting for you. Um, and look forward to seeing that in uh, in a couple of months. One thing that we talk about, Olivia, is um, we have I've, 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 I call it strapline or catchphrase is redefine your impossible. Is there anything yep. that you're working on that that feels impossible? Your mindset, and I can gather from from where you look at things, is it's it's not unachievable. Like you you know that you're in a process and you're working towards something. But is there anything which you look at which is a little bit scary? Something which kind of feels quite daunting that, that you're setting your sights on or something that you haven't done yet that you want to? Um, there's, you know, I've, I always love having sort of goals and things to improve for me, like cardio, <laughs> cardio is my biggest fear. I'm not even lying. Like give me a spider or a snake, but uh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> cardio really does that. So I guess things that I continue to work for, on is my weaknesses and things that you know have always I've always mentally thought I'm not good at um so you know generally I just I keep trying to push that and and trying to get better at that and um I've done a few side-by-side races with Ninja and that just brings on a whole new kettlefish of of nerves so um stuff like that but um fear-wise I'm not really I've I've I do, you know, I love a good challenge. Um, the harder it is, the better. Um, so for me, I guess, you know, working on stuff like one-arm handstands, I guess is an ongoing challenge. But um, nice. ninja-wise, I think for me, I, I want to improve my finger strength because, um, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's a competition that's made up of all different stages and then the top stage, like, is a stage three course, and then a this super long, thick, difficult rope climb to get up within thirty seconds. Um, so for me, it's, it's overcoming that mentality of I'm not good enough for that, or you know, I'm just happy with making stage two. You know, like it's the biggest challenge for me is setting that mentality into no I, I want to train the rope climb I want to train the stage three cliffhanger because um, I, I want to get there I believe I can get there so yeah the biggest thing for me is is changing that mentality of you know I'm just giving it a crack to no I want to accomplish this I'm going to do this I'm, I'm going to get up that rope climb um, that's probably the biggest thing yeah. um, for me. And yeah, I, awesome. season one, you could see it in Australia. You know, we all went in with this mentality of, well, we're just going to give it a go. Um, mm. The producers didn't really like that. <laughs> and I, I now <laughs> understand why. You're coming up, we're coming up on season three and for sure our mentality is definitely getting stronger and we believe in ourselves more. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see as a progression of not just Ninja but, to where OCR uh, can become 
become an elite sport out there it, it might even make the olympics one day who see who knows yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i think there's um it's a lovely message to finish on that drawing out of that that you're you're not afraid to fail and that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why you're able to set yourself these goals and, and then train hard towards them. It, it seems that you've mentally you've got into a very good place through, you've learned through a number of experiences throughout all of your training and life that fear, uh, failure is not something to be to be afraid of, but it is something that holds yeah. um, a lot of us back. So it's nice to, we can, we can finish things on a nice message for people that, um, you know, fear... Uh, or failure is not something to to be afraid of and actually to use it as a goal just as you have done so when you do fail at something to uh to then just work hard towards um redefine the impossible that it once was um so thank you yeah thank you so much for those um those very positive uh messages for everyone out there no worries my pleasure so Olivia thanks so much for spending some time with us today if if people want to find out more about you and everything that you've got going on where's the best place for them to do that um honestly they could just look me up on on the instagram handle it's just olivia vivian um you know feel free to follow the journey and um i always respond to my dms so if you want to reach out and ask ask about anything um i'm more than happy to respond and um yeah i'll i'll be on there Amazing. Yeah, there's some great photos and some awesome skills on show. We've had, we've had a good look through your Instagram, so definitely go and check that out. So amazing. Thanks so much for your time. Until next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>